Welcome. Bonjour. Vous écoutez le podcast Dirty Feet sur les ondes de No More Radio. You're listening to the Dirty Feet podcast on the No More Radio Network. Nous sommes vos animateurs et animatrices. We are your hosts, Alison Burns, J.D. Papillon et Stéphanie Morin-Robert. Listen in. Écoutez. We're going to move you. All right, this is Allison here for another episode of Dirty Feet. And uh, this week we're going to take a little bit of a, of a meander off of the, the contemporary dance treaded road and, and wander into theater a little bit. Uh, currently playing at the Siegel Center for Performing Arts is a show called Tribes. And I'm sitting down with uh, two of the actors from the show, Tony and Greg Elwand. Uh, thank you very much for joining me. Oh, thank you. Oh, our pleasure. Uh, so, first of all, the show itself is uh, about a family in which you play uh, man and wife and the parents of these uh, three kids. And uh, it's a very colorful family of people that don't necessarily do a good job of listening to each other. Does that sound about right? It's a play rife with language. Yeah. <laughs> colorful language. <laughs> and another big element of the production is that the lead character and also the actor who plays him is a deaf Uh, individual and yeah. kind of that extra layer on communication problems. Um, so you've had uh, the opportunity to to learn a little ASL during this production, which is the um, American Sign Language. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious about this and about uh, how that has been as a as an experience to bring that into your theatrical practice. Well, I think it's been an absolutely extraordinary experience. You know, to my shame. I haven't really been around uh, deaf people much in my life. Same here. And uh, this is really my first experience of being so close and, and mm -hmm. uh, over an extended period of time mm -hmm. with someone who is deaf. And uh, uh, it's like Jack is just one of my top 10 Canadians. He's an extraordinary person. He is. And he really is kind of the leader of our group. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, uh, it has me reflect often on what I may have been like if had I been born deaf and in my uh, little town in, in uh, western Quebec. Uh, what would life have been like for me? And, and I, I just don't know if I would have fared quite as well as Jack, who's very, very proud of, uh, of being deaf. Yeah. And it's, he says it's made him everything that he is, and he's an extraordinary guy. Yeah, and we just met his family, and uh, and they don't sign. So in today's show, he was, uh, I mean, he's always emotional and great, but today I could just feel it just rippling off his body. Um, and uh, they're lovely. I mean, they get on really well, but they don't sign. So... I'm sure he must have felt it when he was doing that scene with us, scene seven, when he when he tells his family he's not going to speak anymore. So this is Jack Volpe, of course, that we're talking about, yes. who's playing the lead, Billy, yes. in the show. And, and we're talking about those parallels, of course, between the character and the actor, because the family in this play doesn't sign. That's right. And has forced their, their deaf son into kind of the hearing world, and he discovers sign language and discovers that other way of communicating. Mm -hmm. A whole new way of communicating, which is incredible. I mean, it is like a dance with the hands, really. The fingers and the facial expressions and the physical movement that it makes the body do, it's, it's so expressive. 
faced with the prospect of sharing a dressing room with him and not being able to communicate, I have been uh, looking at the internet and uh, I follow Dr. Bill Vickers' classes uh, on the internet. It's called uh, lifetime.com. Um, I think, li not maybe not lifetime. Oh, yeah, it, it just escapes me, the, 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 the actual... Uh, uh, thing, but he's got courses set up. Goes, I, I, I can see there's 26 classes or something. I'm at number six now, but um, they're you, ASL courses. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah they're, that's they're, they are. So they're, if you Google ASL courses, you probably will get who Greg's referring to. Life Print. That's what it's called. Life Print. I just needed that little uh, moment to think. And um, so, you know, I'm learning and I, I can say, you know, how have you been? What, have, what did you do today? I can tell little stories about what I have done today. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, but it's an extraordinary language. It's so beautiful to watch. Mm -hmm. it's, it's physical and it's visual. And actually, I have found that it's harder for me. Greg's also an artist, like he draws and, and stuff like that. And I think because he has such an eye from his artwork, he seems to be able to pick it up a lot faster than I do because we'll, you know, he'll Billy will give us um, Billy, I'm getting him confused, Jack <laughs> the actor will give us little suggestions or hints on how to say things and I, I can't really keep it straight in my head they don't really stay quite as well, whereas Greg he'll just, you know, he'll say, he'll figure out that when you put your hand to your head and you do a cap uh, formation with your hands that's man uh, oh and but i i just like it takes me so long to think oh cap man um is that right uh, yeah, yeah our boy i boy. anyway male a male thing anyway mm -hmm. you're kind of grabbing the cap yeah. the uh, the peak of your cap that'll be something male and then yeah. you put it down like a baby rocking and that's uh, yeah. you know your son but he remembered it right away, whereas me, it just like I had to go over it and over it a few times to, to, to have it in my head. And I just find so many of the signs so intuitive, um, you know, the, the scooping up something, some invisible substance from your palm of your hand and putting it in your head as learning. Mm -hmm. It seems good, obvious. Or the one where you grab it, you grab the something from your heart yeah, and you go feeling. That's also, that's intuitive. Well, that's too. I like. If you if oh, you yeah. drag something from your chest, that's feeling. That's um, like I mean, feeling is is like tickling your chest with your middle finger. <laughs> this is like when yeah. you pull it out of your out of your heart. So <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah. I'm wondering how this parallels your your lives as actors. I mean, there's so much expressiveness in acting. There's so much physicality, reading body language as well as expressing body language. And sign language is very gestural, but there's also so much about expression and, and what you're doing with your face to, to also in, uh, communicate what you're trying to say. Um, so I'm wondering if you can see anything in, in your career that's kind of helped this process or, or vice versa. Do you feel like you can take something away from, from this new knowledge that's going to help with acting? Well, I certainly have a, a greater awareness of, of what it's like to to express yourself without without hearing and without speaking um, just from the experience of, of meeting Jack and working with Jack that's, that's just brought it to a whole other level um, yeah. yeah for me I can't actually say that I, I sort of work like that as an actor I, I, um, 
I, I can't. It you know it, it, you have to kind of marry the uh, idea as an actor. You have to marry the idea of what the character wants and how the character is receiving the information and putting it through, uh, sort of processing it through where the character is at the moment, and uh, uh, and trying to let let how you react just bubble up out of you spontaneously like that in the moment that you're right there on stage <clears throat> so i don't really see that the uh signing movements or anything, the dance of the mm -hmm. the play with the hands and the face will really um um apply to my my acting work Speaking of process, because the two of you are married mm -hmm. and you're playing a married couple in this production, as far as I understand, this is not the first time that you've worked together on stage as well. Yeah. Um, how do your processes align? Do you have very different ways of approaching a job and, and or do you find that you work very similarly? I think the best thing about working together is that we can go home and discuss what we've done or what we want to do. And we can just be really forthright with each other, which may not necessarily be polite at times. <laughs> Whereas if you're working with somebody you don't know, you you know, you sort of have to deke around or you have to find more politic way of of, of trying to get what you want, basically. <laughs> so you have very honest reactions to each other's yeah, work. Yeah, I would say so. What do you think, Craig? <laughs> I really, I think it's really great working with Tony. <laughs> Um, we've had the opportunity before. Sometimes we make our opportunity because we don't get the opportunities, uh, um, you know, in uh, established theaters. So we'll try to find a play and we'll put, produce it and put it on ourselves. Uh, and it's always great because um, I find that Tony always pushes me very hard. And she's always asking those annoying questions that make me think harder and deeper. And... Um, and there's also a, 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 some kind of sense of incivility about our working together, which is quite um, uh, releasing as well. So, you know, it, it, it is not appropriate ever to ask an actor to do something just because it serves your character. But because we're married, <laughs> we, we can kind of throw civility out the window sometimes. And, you know, you can say, yeah, could he just wait that split second while I look over here because it would really help this moment? Or if you could just hang on for one and then second. sometimes we fight about that. And I'll just say, no, I won't effing wait. <laughs> oh, and the fights are just fantastic. I mean, they're, they're, they're like food. Like even in this play, we've gone home and we have some. I wish sometimes there'd been somebody with a, with a uh, a video camera or something because we just go at each other hammer and tong, but uh, we're married. Yeah. So what can you do? Yeah. It's all right. It's and it's only really we go at each other hammer and tong, but it's only ever to really get the best out of each other, and it's so much fun. <laughs> so I love it. Forgive this if it's a naive question, but then you've you've also spoken about such respect for Jack in this production, and this this play is uh, what was the the word you used? The the language is very. It's, it's a play rife with language. Rife with language. Yeah. It's a it's a bit crude. It's, yeah. And you're not always nice to each other on stage. No. And um, do you have do you, how, how do you deal with that? Oh, we love it. 
My sister-in-law was there last night, and she said her favorite line was when I told, my character told Christopher to shut up. And I'm Christopher. <laughs> she, yeah, she loved that. She kept saying that all night. Shut up. <laughs> so, you know, we enjoy it. It's an opportunity to be really nasty to each other on stage, eh? Yeah. And without really hurting each other's feelings, because it's just acting. <laughs> and I don't know why I've been playing so many assholes. Oh, no, you're good but at I it, do darling. play a lot of assholes. No, you're very good at it. I was here once in Cabaret, and mm -hmm. I played a Nazi uh, sympathizer. And um, what was really great about the part was that when you first meet the character on stage, you don't know any of his history. And he's got to be very friendly and very avuncular, and I've got to um, win the confidence of, of the other, uh, of, of the character, the lead character in, uh, in Cabaret. And, but also, at the same time, I'm also um, getting the confidence of the audience on my side. So they like me. They mm -hmm. like the character. I'm the English teacher. And, um, you know, I, I meet the young man on the train, and then I offer him English lessons, and I go over to his apartment, and I'm, you know, full of jokes and good humor and everything like that. And the audience is liking me until we go to this bar and I take off my coat and I'm wearing a swastika on my shoulder. And the audience just, they've just, it's just a reversal of expectation for them. And they've, they feel like their trust has been uh, shattered. And I used to get comments like, um, uh, you were great. We hated you. <laughs> Yeah, no. and they, 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 people still say that about this one. Oh, you yeah. make a good bastard. Yeah. Yeah. But playing nasty people is sometimes fun because it, it gets, a, really it gets it. a rise out of people. Mm -hmm. So. Yes. And I, I have to play the Miss Stoic, you know, the tough mother trying to deal with all these dysfunctional kids and this, this, this husband. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's fun. Yeah. yeah, and apart from the ASL introduction and, and the, the working with a deaf actor, um, this this is a British play. It was written in 2010 by Nina Rain, and it's been very, it's had a whirlwind of popularity for the past few years. And um, I'm wondering if you could speak at all to what, uh, what this play means to you. Well, it's so, I, I just, when I read it, I just loved it. It's so dense. And it's got so many layers. And I had to read it about, I don't know how many times, four or five times. And I'm still, even now, I'm still sort of gleaning different things about what she's trying to say about the family and about the, um, the, the interrelationships and about their need and about the love and the lack of love and, and, and the sort of, um, I guess, the repercussions of having to deal with a child who's deaf in a hearing world. I mean, for my character, I when I say, but Billy, uh, look at it from our, uh, you know, from our point of view. And he says, no, you look at it from mine. I always think, and I'm going into the English accent now because it comes automatically. I always think, um, you know, I was there with three kids, you know, two years apart, and one of them is deaf. The husband's working all the time. What am I going to do? So if the kid pretends or says he doesn't want to learn sign, it's so much easier for me because I've got these other kids. I'm so busy. I'm stressed. So that's how 
you know, and she layers that in very subtly, you know, with just that one line. And then and then I think, yeah, of course, as a mother, I can understand that completely. Um, so those are the types of things that she just she just throws into the entire play. And they're like little nuggets that you have to sort of go through and discover and find, and they just rise to the surface. Hmm. Well, I'm not an English professor. Uh, I'm not a writer. I don't write uh, critical essays like my character uh, Christopher does. I'm just an actor, and uh, this is the medium that I try to um, use to pull apart to show the audience some of the jewels that um, that are there once you've lifted the the, the top of the box. So. Um, you know, it is. Uh, there's a lot of jewels in this box, and there's uh, themes about the family building walls around themselves, or groups—not necessarily families, groups of people, who, Tribes. yeah, who <laughs> who build walls around themselves and become exclusionary and don't want the outside world to come in. And uh, that's Christopher. They don't mean to. It's and his family. That, it's not that they mean to be exclusive. It's just that. I mean, Christopher's the head of the family, and he's got a very focused idea of their sort of political and social and moral life world view. And I'm his wife, and in essence, I agree with what he, with the way he views the world, because otherwise I wouldn't be married to him. But the problem is, is that in the end, it does become exclusive, you know, for for sort of being a person who prides himself on not being religious and on not believing in things and not laughing at George Bush because if you do, you're stupid and all that stuff. You know, in a way, it's uber-liberalism, but in another way, it creates another kind of exclusivity, which, you know, the character of Billy brings up when he says, you know, we're our own uh, tribe, but you know, if we don't include anybody who doesn't like Dvorak and stuff like that, so so we've done the very thing that he doesn't want to do. So we're we're just sort of got pie on our face, really. Uh, these people, and it's just it's it's so fantastic how she weaves that in, how she creates that in the warp and weft of the writing of the play. Last year, this production was done in French here in Montreal by La Licorne, yeah. and uh, we haven't touched that necessarily. Do you find that there is any, because the heavy communication aspect of the play, is there some intrigue about presenting this show in Montreal and presenting it in, in one language and then the next? Have you thought about that I don't know. relationship at all with a bilingual city? I didn't see that production. Like, how... Just the, the idea that this show is being done here. Mm -hmm. It's been done several places in New York right. and Toronto and England, but is there some extra layer about it being in a bilingual city, being produced here? Hmm. Well, I hadn't thought about that. That's a very interesting question. I'm not sure. Just because of communication, is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah, how you communicate. Well, absolutely, it makes total sense and miscommunication and miscommunication yes yeah. and not understanding what people are trying to say yeah absolutely yeah yeah absolutely good point i think you have to you have to see the show and you have to have a think about it because it's quite dense 
and you can't just sort of wash let it you know wash over you you have to really think consider what you just saw that's the type of show it is that's all Wonderful. We'll have a great time with the rest of your run. It's playing here at the Siegel Center for Performing Arts until the 20th of December. It's called Tribes by Nina Rain, and I've been speaking with Greg and Tony Elwand. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. The Dirty Feet Podcast is produced and hosted by Produit et animé par Alison Burns, J.D. Papillon, and Stephanie Moret-Robert. We have Mainline Theatre, Montreal Improv Theatre, and Paul Aflalo to thank. Merci pour le soutien. Vous pouvez visiter notre site web, écouter les derniers épisodes, lire notre blog, nous aimer sur Facebook, et nous suivre sur Twitter. You can visit our website, listen to past episodes, read our blog, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Show us some love and help us spread the word. Montrez-nous un peu d'amour et aidez-nous à passer le mot.